On today's show, how did the Dallas Mavericks beat Jalen Brunson's Knicks? There's three answers, sort of. And is this the turning point for Tim Hardaway Jr.'s season this year? Last three games, he's been pretty good. We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Lentich, and this is Locked On Mavs. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Letting it ride. That's right. I'm back. <laughs> and the Mavs win again. And Isaac's gone. <laughs> Thanks for making Locked On Maps your first listen every day and every post game. Remember, Locked On Maps is free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let me know in the comment section. Give me one reason that Maps beat the Knicks today. I'm sure you can name a bunch of them. Just give me one. Or give me your favorite one. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has to cover the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Woo! Isaac out. The Mavs win again (laughs) when Isaac is out. It has been a run. Let's take a second here and (laughs) let's take a second here and just look at what has happened over the last couple of weeks here. The Mavs get a win against the Knicks. We'll talk about that. We'll break down how they made a ton of threes, 24 threes, shot 61 of them. Tim Hardaway Jr., a bounce back game. Luka Doncic played well. Spencer Dinwiddie had a great game. The Mavs beat Jalen Brunson. But on November 18th, I went solo. The Mavs beat the Nuggets. The Mavs go on a four-game losing streak when I left for vacation on Thanksgiving. Then they come back. They beat the Warriors. That's my one game back. I left for a retreat. They lose the Pistons, and now I come back, and they beat the Knicks. It's just been a really weird run here on Lockdown Mavs. I promise to never leave again. I don't think I can promise that, but I promise to never leave again for the sake of the Mavericks. Let's get into this game. The Dallas Mavericks get the win, and at the top I said that there's three reasons. Okay, the three reasons are threes. <laughs> I mean, they just absolutely shot the lights out in certain moments. They took 61 threes. Now, some of this is by design. The Knicks allow a bunch of threes. It's their thing, right? I've talked a lot about what, what the Mavericks want teams to do on defense, the Mavericks don't want teams to take a lot of threes. They'll allow some stuff at the rim, but they're trying not to, and they'll allow you to take anything from the mid range you want. So teams will carve them up in the mid range. So that's what the Mavericks try to do. For the Knicks, they'll allow you to take a ton of threes. Go ahead, take all the threes you want. Thirty-eight point six percent of all shots taken against the Knicks this season have been threes. That's twenty seventh in the NBA. So they let teams take threes. They're go ahead, take threes. Go ahead. They are ninth in the NBA in mid-range shots taken against them and eighth in the NBA in shots taken at the rim against them. So they're like, stay out of the, stay out of this lane, stay out of the mid-range. We're just going to let you take a ton of threes. And the Mavericks were like, all right, bet. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll take all the threes we want. And they did. And it's sort of one of those questions, chicken and egg type questions. The Knicks allowing the Mavericks to take a bunch of threes. Did that let them get in rhythm? Because you look even at that first quarter, I think this is a good example of it. The Mavs were 4 of 15 from three, but 15 threes in the first quarter. 
Luca got five. Hardaway got two. Dorian got two. Dinwiddie got two. Josh got two. Maxi Kleba got two. Like they all just started taking some shots. They all got a couple of shots in that first quarter, and the Mavericks' offense was terrible because they missed a bunch of those. They missed nine. They missed eleven of those. They only scored twenty points in the first quarter. Then you get to the second quarter, and they're still not not shooting the ball that well. But Tim gets four threes. Dinwiddie gets four threes. Do, uh, Dorian takes a couple more. Davis takes two. And they were only 5 of 15. Then you get to the third quarter. You come back after halftime, and they go 9 of 17. Tim hits 5. Luca hits 3. Josh hit 1. Like, you just started getting a rhythm, especially from Tim Hardaway Jr. And he's kind of the big story of this game because he's been starting the last couple of games. And this game, he just absolutely went off. Had one of the biggest games of his maybe career. I guess maybe that that Pistons 40-point game was bigger for him. But just in a moment where the Mavericks needed him, they needed somebody to go off. Tim Hardaway Jr. hit eight threes in this game, and it was the most threes made in uh, the in Madison Square Garden this season by any player. Players to hit eight three opponents players. So this are, these are not Knicks. I don't know if there's many Knicks that have hit hit eight threes in the Garden, but Steph Curry hit eleven in 2013. Devontae Graham hit nine in 2019. That's kind of a wild stat. Ray Allen, Jalen Brown, Larry Markkinen, Vladimir Rodmanovich in 2006, way ahead of his time. Ricky Rubio and Darren Williams all have hit eight threes in MSG, and now Tim Hardaway Jr. joins them as well. Players that have hit eight or more threes in a single game in Madison Square Garden. Great stuff from Tim Hardaway Jr. So the Mavericks let the, you know, the Knicks let the Mavericks take threes. The Mavericks obliged, and they were just hitting them. Did they allow them to get in the rhythm? I kind of think that they did. 58% of the Mavs shots in this game were from three. That's the most by eight percentage points. In that Houston loss when Luka didn't play, 50.5% of their shots were from three. So think about that. That's their most amount, like that the percentage of the shots that they took were from three. It's the most Mavs three-point shots they've ever taken in their history as a team by six. Guys, by six. The most they had ever taken in a game was in that Houston game a couple weeks ago. They took 55. Before that, it was 2020 against Milwaukee. It was an overtime game. They took 53. Another game in 2019 against Milwaukee, they took 53. So twice against Milwaukee where where, uh, Bud allows allows teams to take threes as well. But 61 is insane. That's, That's an insane amount of shots. And the Mavericks just took them all. They created good ones. They took good ones. They eventually made the good ones. And that's the reason why they, they won this game. I mean, we can just start going over it all together. 24 threes made by the Mavericks in this game is uh, the third most by a visiting team in Madison Square Garden ever. The, the Celtics hit 27 this year. The Bucks hit 26 last year. And, uh, yeah, it, that, that just became the, that became the story. And so now you look and say, okay, can we turn the corner? And is this the turning point for Tim Hardaway Jr.? His last three games, he's scoring 25 points a game, shooting 51% from the field, 50% from three on almost 13 three-point attempts per game. Jason Kidd has done something over the last couple of games that I didn't agree with. Isaac definitely didn't agree with. I don't think many people agreed with. But you kind of have to wonder, okay, did did he see the long-term play in this? And we don't even know if if this is what's actually happening. But he's like, I'm just going to let Tim shoot it out. I trust Tim Hardaway Jr. This is what Jason Kidd is saying. I trust Tim Hardaway Jr. that he'll just shoot it out. That all his issues that he's dealing with right now, 
he can just take as many shots as he can in that starting lineup, play with Luka, get some good shots, because we need him. We need him to hit these shots. We need him to get going. Because I don't trust Christian Wood. <laughs> I don't I don't know if Dinwiddie can handle the load. Luka obviously can't handle this load. Somebody else has got to step up, and I think that it's Tim Hardaway Jr. I think that's what Jason Kidd has been saying over the last couple of, of games here. Let me put Tim Hardaway in the game. Let him just shoot it out, and eventually he'll stop shooting 20% from three and 30% from the field. He'll get it. He'll, he'll, he'll get right. I trust him. I don't know if that's a gamble that I would be willing to take, but it seems like that's the gamble that, that Jason Kidd is taking, and it seems to be paying off. I mean, just looking in his career, I mean, last season we didn't see a really good example of Tim Hardaway Jr. shooting well. He shot under 40% from the field, 33% from three in the in the 42 games he played before injury. And so that was the sample size that, that Jason Kidd has seen. So I'm not sure exactly what he's seen in Tim's career that made him think, all right, I'm just going to bet on this guy to eventually get right because he's just been a hot and cold shooter. And we've talked about before how before this, before these last three games or so, that Tim's just been, he's been streaky still. It's just been way lower. Instead of you know hitting five threes in a game, he'll hit three, and that's good. And instead of hitting two threes in a game, he'll hit zero. <laughs> you know, that's been that's been the wave of Tim Hardaway Jr. So maybe this is the up and up. Maybe this is when he figures it out. And it's interesting. He's been starting in these games. Does Tim stay in the starting lineup? Probably. I mean, I, I think that a win against the Warriors and this win against the Knicks are kind of telling and saying, okay, it's going to work this way. The other thing that was interesting in this game was the fourth quarter. It, they hit a bunch of threes, but they locked down the Knicks. Let's talk about that coming up. Let's talk about the defense. Christian Wood didn't play in this game. Does that have anything to do with this? Who stepped up on the defensive end? We'll talk about that for the Dallas Mavericks coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best place to check out the odds and lines inside and outside of sports. Oh, USA goes down. It's called football again. The World Cup, the, the football World Cup, it's, it's still up, even though the U.S. isn't in it. You can check out some of the games. Sunday, they have um, France and Poland. Looks like France is a goal and a half favorite. That's a pretty big spread right there. A goal and a half point favorite. You can go check that out. If you're feeling Poland, go ahead and hit that one. Uh, England is a goal favorite over Senegal. And it looks like Japan and Croatia is a pick em. You can maybe get Croatia by half a goal. So if you want to check out some of those for the World Cup, U.S. is out, so it's called football again. So go check it out. It's bet online where the game starts. All right, Isaac, let's get into this game a little bit more because the Mavs made a ton of threes. Tim Hardaway Jr. had a breakout last couple of games, and this one was a huge one, hitting eight threes. The Mavericks hit 24 threes, shot 61 of them, a ton of threes taken. But in that third quarter, it wasn't just the offense. It was how connected the defense was. 15 points scored by the Knicks in the third quarter. I haven't looked at it. That's got to be one of the best quarters the Mavericks have allowed this season. I'll see if I can find that while I'm talking here, but the Mavericks allowing 15 points. They just took the Knicks out of everything that they wanted to do. It just seemed like nothing was available. Their shell defense, I felt like was really, really strong. You didn't have anybody completely out of position and they were just, they were just in their spots. They didn't allow a lot of drives. They didn't allow a lot of uh, stuff at the rim in the third quarter. You look and it's just like, you know, a bunch of threes from the Knicks and a couple of shots at the rim and they made a couple of them, but then they missed a whole bunch more. It was the Mavericks doing what they wanted to do on defense. 
We'll let you take some threes, but not a lot. Try the mid range, and they just weren't. They just don't have anybody that can really shoot the mid range. <laughs> so they took them completely out of their their offense. Nobody on the Knicks in the third quarter hit more than two shots. They hit five field goals the entire quarter. That's some of that is offensive slump. They also only took nineteen shots. The Mavs took twenty five in this quarter. So the Mavericks did a good job of not allowing multiple possessions. Only two offensive rebounds from the Knicks in that quarter. The Mavs only turned it over twice in that quarter. In that quarter, um, the Knicks didn't score any points off of those turnovers. They only had three fast break points. They had zero second chance points. Four points in the paint. Like the Mavericks just did such a great job of not allowing the Knicks to get anything easy. And that's when the Mavericks' defense is really good. And honestly, when the Mavericks' offense is really good too. They don't let anybody get anything easy. You make it tough. You make it difficult. We're going to play this this defense that can rotate really well. And not having Christian Wood was kind of a benefit. I'm not going to put this whole thing on Christian Wood for sure. That's not what this is. But when you put out multiple players that struggle on defense and struggle to understand the concepts and the rotations, when it's when it's Luca, Tim, and Christian Wood, or Dinwiddie, Luca, Christian Wood, we've seen, or you know when it's with you know when it's Davis and Christian Wood, and you know there's like throw out the guys that struggle on defense for the Mavericks. If you put out three or four of those guys at the same time, or even two or three of those guys at the same time, they just struggle, right? You just struggle because if one rotation is off, they don't have the athletes or the elite defenders to make up for some of those mistakes. Their defense is predicated on don't make mistakes, stay in front of your guy, allow mid-range shots, don't allow stuff at the rim, because if we allow stuff at the rim, we're toast, because we don't have a rim protector at all in this whole team. Because JaVale McGee is not working out. Dwight Powell's not a rim protector. Maxie's okay, but he's not like an elite rim protector. And so not having Christian Wood, I feel like, helped the Mavericks to allow to get into that rhythm defensively. They have to get into a rhythm defensively. And you heard it. I think it was in the third quarter. Where oh, Beginning of the fourth quarter, Mark Falwell says something about this Mavericks team is just on a string on defense. That's exactly what it is. You're on a string. You... You can feel the Mavericks defense get in a rhythm where where the ball goes, they know exactly where the other person's supposed to go. They get to the ball, they contest, and then they you know rotate on the backside where if somebody's open on one side, they can run over and get that person. And at the beginning of the fourth quarter, Derek Harper had like an interesting Freudian slip and he said, you know, all this is, you know, at this juncture, no, I don't think he said that, but at this juncture, all this is happening with Christian Wood not available. And he meant it as, this is impressive from the Mavericks to not have Christian Wood playing and be this good on offense. But I think it had an effect on defense to limit the amount of players that are a liability on defense. And so you you get out there, maybe the Mavericks have, have figured some things out. And it was a really, really great third quarter. An incredible fourth, third quarter for the Mavericks. Offense was cooking, defense was cooking. When the Mavericks are good, that's the game plan that they want. That's the, when when they're working that game plan and that that game plan is working, they're incredible, right? Defense is on a string, attached, not allowing a ton of stuff at the rim. Take a couple threes, but not a lot. And then on offense, taking some threes, trying to get into the paint and hitting as many threes as they can possibly put up. <laughs> That's when the Mavericks are good, and this third quarter was kind of the epitome of that. They've really struggled on all those things, like every single element of that in the games before this, especially against the Pistons. Like They just struggled in all those areas before this. 
couple other players that stood out in this game. Oh, I I get to use it. I'm so excited. I get to use Hardy. Let's go party. Jaden Hardy gets his first buckets in the NBA. He checks in with about six and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. And he scores. He had a really nice isolation drive on Jericho Sims, his first bucket in the NBA. He hit a transition three off of a Theo Pinton steal. Couple of good buckets from him. And I think that event, I think that we're getting to a point, maybe, from comments from Nico Harrison, comments from Jason Kidd recently, where they may be starting to introduce Jaden Hardy into the into the lineup a little bit more. I think Kemba Walker may have like his introduction may have stifled that and pushed that back a little bit. So but it seems like we're finally getting to the point where they've seen enough in the G League and they're ready. It, it feels like Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison are both kind of, they're, they're slow moving on some of these things or slower moving than we would hope. They need to see a little bit more data. They need to see a little bit more stuff. Think about when JaVale McGee was benched. How bad was JaVale McGee for the beginning of the season? And how long did it take for Jason Kidd? Even with that most obvious decision. And, you know, for right or wrong, I think that it, it they're right to be a little bit more patient on some things. But it was nine games into the season, you know, uh, yeah, it, was the, it, was the, it was the 10th game of the season, ninth game for JaVale McGee, that he eventually just sat him. And was like, all right, you can't start. <laughs> you can't start, and we're going to play you like five minutes a game. It took him that long to get into it where we were probably saying after like the fourth game, okay, JaVale just can't play. <laughs> you, just, you just can't play. You can't start him. So, that decision took a little while. Seems like the hardy decision to, to actually play him and try and get him some run is taking a little while, but it was really good to see him. And after the game, Luca took the game ball. He totally could have given it to Tim for his incredible game. Could have given it to himself because he just could get it every every single game. He scored 30 points in less than 30 minutes, but he gives it to Jaden Hardy, his first NBA points, his first points in Madison Square Garden. Really nice gesture from Luca. Good leadership from Luca. And Jaden Hardy tweeted after the game that um, first bu- first NBA bucket in the garden, you know, hands praying emoji, fire emoji, many more to come. Super excited for Jaden Hardy. Great stuff from him. Saw a couple of, I mean, that, that one move was really good too. He can get his shot. He had a mid, wide open mid-range shot that he didn't expect to be wide open for and just missed it because he hesitated. He can get his shot in the NBA. I just hope that he gets a shot to get his shots in the NBA from Jason Kidd. Couple other things. Josh Green, I thought, had another impactful game. You're gonna look at this box score and be like, oh, in a game where the Mavericks won big, Luca had like or Dinwiddie was plus thirty-five in the plus minus. Josh Green is only a plus six. So did he struggle? No. I thought Josh Green did some good stuff as well. He had his patented offensive rebound. He had five assists in this game. He scored seven points. He hit one of his four threes. I thought Josh Green continues to do stuff to show that he adds an element. A, a dynamicism to this offense that the Mavericks really, really need. Tim is doing some stuff, but I think Josh Green deserves to play a little bit more. Even still, he had some good, he had some really good moments in this game. Who else stood out in this game? Um, I thought that, well, we haven't really talked about Luca at all, but Luca scored 30 points in less than, less than 30 minutes. He he played less than 30 minutes, which is big because he's just been playing 40 minutes over and over and over again, even against the Pistons when they didn't win. It's good to finally have a game where Luka doesn't have to, first of all, score 35 to 40 points to win. And he also plays less than 30 minutes. Really good 
for the Mavericks to not have to throw him back in there in a fourth quarter late to try and catch up or whatever. Um, I thought he was just solid. He just continues to do, he hit four threes. Like he was on, he was on with everybody else. Spencer Dinwiddie, 17 points, nine boards, nine assists. Sneaky, sneaky game from Spencer Dinwiddie. He was only six of 16 from the field, but he took 16 shots. Hardaway took 17, but Dinwiddie taking 16, I think is big because we've needed more aggressive from Dinwiddie. We put up that graphic a little while ago on YouTube. If you looked at our YouTube community page where it's a feed of, you know, like social media type posts. And I put like a whole bunch of, okay, what's the Mavs problems right now? And one of the problems I put up was not enough from Spencer Dinwiddie. And I saw a couple of comments pushing back on that, but I don't think they heard the the actual episode where I explained it. The Mavericks, the way that they're playing right now, they just need more from Dinwiddie. It's not that Dinwiddie's having a bad season. It's if they're going to continue to play this style, continue to play this way, they need more from somebody. And it had before they put Hardaway in the starting lineup and allowed him to take like 13 threes a game, it was going to be Dinwiddie. He was going to be the, the one that had to step up because he was the only one that's able to get his own shot. And so seeing him be aggressive, take 16 shots, get nine assists, only went to the line three times. I, oh, Tony Brothers, what is going on with Dinwiddie not being able to get to the line? But it was good to see Spencer Dinwiddie aggressive. They needed that. Again, he was a plus 35 in this game. So the minutes he was playing, when he was playing with the bench unit, you look at the difference between Luka and Dinwiddie's plus minus. Dinwiddie plus 35, Luka plus 13. So those those bench units without Luka outscored the Knicks by a lot. That's a really good sign in a game. If that ever happens in a game, you're probably going to win the game if you're the Mavericks. So Dinwiddie plays well. Or Din, Dinwiddie didn't shoot the ball well, but he played. He had a good, really good game. Nine assists, 17 points. And so that's kind of going to be hidden here with the the hard, all the Hardaway talk. Luka playing incredible. Jaden Hardy getting his, um, getting his debut in Madison Square Garden. And all that. So, there you go. That's what happened with the Dallas Mavericks against the Knicks. It's a good win. Kind of a bounce back win. They absolutely needed this. There was some talk. And a couple of Mavs players said that Jason Kidd said, we're not leaving without a win. They they need that kind of mentality. We're not leaving here without a win. Because after that Pistons game, if I was on the podcast, I probably would have said, this is the type of game that you lose this game, the way that you've lost some games before, where they don't have Cade Cunningham, and you lost another game to a team that doesn't have a star player, and let alone the Pistons themselves who have just been terrible. That's the type of game that you fire a coach after if you're any other team. And so they needed a bounce-back win like this, and it was a good one to get from the Knicks. So there you go. Let us know in the comment section below what's one reason why the Mavericks won this game. Go check out another episode of Lockdown Mavs. Uh, Isaac had a funny segment, segment three, after the Pistons game. He talks about what's worse than watching Mavs basketball. Uh, hilarious, hilarious. Laugh, laugh out loud. Hilarious from me. Go check it out, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.